Hello and welcome to Eavesdropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And we've come back from finally seeing Crazy Rich Asians. Well, it's seems just like opened this it's week. It's only though. just opened here, but yeah. it seems it's been out in America for bloody ages. Yes. It's one of these that's just taken a long time to come here. It's an um, enormous success, and mm. I think it's going to be an enormous success worldwide. I think it's already opened in some countries outside the US, and it's... Uh, uh, its budget was $30 million, and it's heading towards $200 million easily. Yes. Uh, in box office, so... Yes. And uh, I think it's the first uh, sort of American studio movie to feature an all-Asian-American cast for... God knows how long. Yes. At its core, it's a rom-com. Uh, it's a kind of meet the parents sort of situation. This um, uh, Asian American girl uh, called uh, Rachel Chu, played by uh, Constance Wu, uh, she's going out with this fella. Yes. Uh, called Nick Young, played by Henry Golding. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says uh, his a uh, member of his family has got a wedding coming up. Comes to the wedding. It's in Singapore. Meet the family. Uh, and then on getting there, she kind of realises that this fella, Nick, is really, really, really rich. And not just not just rich, because she, she has a friend in Singapore who is rich. Mm. And then when she drops the name Nick Young, they just go crazy, go, oh no, we're rich, but they are crazy rich. Yeah. Hence, crazy rich Asians. That's right. And so it's about negotiating this rich, it's like the 1% of Singapore, right? Yeah. Um, there's new money and there's old money, and these guys are old money in Chinese terms. Yes, the the film goes um, to some trouble to, to tell you that. Spoiler territory coming up straight away. Are we right. going to just dive right in? <laughs> I thought it was delightful. Uh, I, I kind of I I I laughed throughout. Uh, it's very charming, uh, and kind of you know it's it's the scene at the wedding made me emotional as well. So um, I don't think it's like a I don't think it's like a great comedy. It's not in a way particularly inventive, but actually there's a lot of deft touches. It worked on me. I've got to say, you know, I think the wedding scene is really beautiful. Yes. And um, it's it, the, the the contrast that the film draws between new money and old money. You don't see very much of the new money type Asians, which are the um, the uh, Rachel's friend and the the house covered in gold yeah right that's like that's the really gaudy decorated after trump's bathroom yeah as inspiration <laughs> so that's that's the really kind of kind of gaudy version and then when you get to this this huge sort of palace um which is which is her boyfriend's uh, Family. family's place um it's it's although it is clearly you know unbelievably sort of glamorous it is much more restrained yes um and there's a kind of class to it which i think the film's playing on class an awful lot and yes. we'll talk about um and the the wedding scene is is like an example of that. Like it is one of the most sort of ostentatious things you've ever seen. Yes. With the the river running down the middle, and yet there is something sort of classy about it. Like it's not it's not although it's showing off. It's not kind of gaudy. See what yes. I mean? Um, well, I mean I don't know. I mean I think the film, as you say, it draws on class. It also draws on aspirational pleasures. It goes to a great deal of trouble. To show you jewels and couture clothing, and mm. you know, uh, there's a shopping trip, uh, yeah. like in the what's the Julia Roberts film where she's a hooker and oh, Pretty Woman, Pretty Woman. So you know, uh, um, so you know, the the film is very conscious of the audience and the effect that the film is having on it. Um, I was very prepared to hate it because I really dislike the opening sequence. 
Ah. You know, um, so the film starts with this little vignette in which this Asian woman and her children go to this, you know, uh, old... Uh, um, it's a very kind of classy, stuck-up British hotel, hotel in yeah. 1995. Um, and, you know, and she goes to get service and they basically tell her that they don't have room for her and they treat her incredibly badly. They don't even give her a phone or whatever and she buys the hotel and basically puts them in their place. I thought, A, that wasn't necessary, you know, and I think it kind of racialized everything in a way that kind of made it seem a bit unpleasant to me. So, so actually the film won me over instantly because from that moment on, I was really prepared to hate it. Um, it's funny, I, I was going to pick up on the opening scene and in a way, I don't disagree with you, but I liked it. I think what the, what the opening scene did was prepare me for a different kind of film than it becomes. I think the first the, the opening scene is really different to the rest because it's it's got a lot of attitude and it's quite dark and it prepared me for something a lot more subversive than the film ultimately was. Yes. Which is the film ultimately is is a very standard identikit sort of it's it's industry standard Hollywood rom com just replacing white characters with Chinese no, ones. Exactly. Ultimately. Yes. Um, which I think there are there are issues with, but it's definitely the case that that opening scene is not related to the rest in the, yeah. in that way. But I didn't I didn't hate it. I liked the attitude. And I I was I was really looking forward to seeing like what the film would then present. I didn't like it. the attitude because you see it kind of it brought up the issue in the to me in the wrong way. So you know one can never take pleasure in beating up the underdog. I mean you know these are. Um, uh, minor employees in a hotel, like it's the desk clerk and someone. So actually kind of putting them down like that and actually attributing behavior that no hotel employee would ever do. No hotel employee would ever make a guest go out in the rain and use the phone. It's absurd, you know, and particularly in a posh hotel like that. So, you know, and the film is doing it and it's, it's not putting down the owner, the Mr. Copthorpe, it's putting down the lowly employees and I didn't like that. Fair enough. They were snooty. Well, you know, it's rich people putting poor people down. I didn't like it. All right, well, I, well let's not go on about it. Cause it's, <laughs> it's, it no, I, was, I mean, it's, you're kind of right. I mean... Uh, well, I, I also think you're right. It sets a, it sets a tone, but I'm just explaining why I didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, no, I think you're kind of right. I mean, I think, uh. the, like I say, what I like about it is that is that thing of... It kind of implies there's going to be some... It's, it's going to be about kind of... Uh, sort of rich Chinese invasion of what we consider mm. polite and cultural norms and that sort of thing, mm. which is not to say that like Chinese people aren't polite and stuff. But do you know what I mean? Like mm. it implies that people with kind of different attitudes are, are um, through their riches, are going to sort of cause trouble. Yes. It basically set me up for a different kind of film than it became, which I didn't mind. I liked the film ultimately, but that opening scene, the way it was, I, just, I liked. Mm. You know? Anyway, um, I, I have I. I've been thinking a lot about about the idea of class and culture and kind of whiteness. Mm. I think the film is muddled weirdly in, in all sorts of ways. Like, in a way, the film kind of reminds me of Avatar, which is like... Okay. <laughs> because, what, because what I've always said about Avatar is one of the reasons it was so successful is that it only did one thing differently which was to be sort of as spectacular in 3D as it was. And in order to kind of get away with doing something so sort of different and spectacular, everything else about the film has to be exactly what you'd expect, so, which is why the story and the characters in Avatar are so shit, because they are just 
absolutely what you expect from a sort of action movie. Well. And in this film, I think there's, there's something similar in in basically taking a really, really standard sort of rom-com scenario and just putting yes, Asian-American I mean, characters to I, it as opposed I, to white people. I was thinking, you know, just a few days ago watching it on TV, I was watching A Monster-in-Law with Jane Fonda and Jennifer... Lopez? Lopez. I haven't seen it. Um, and it's basically, you know, pretty much the same story, really, except, you know, it's it's told in a, in a different way. The, the comedy's more slapstick and exacerbated and so on. But, you know, it's kind of fundamentally, uh, uh, you know, about a, a working woman falling in love with the son of a rich and famous person, you know, and the mother-in-law uh, doesn't want that marriage uh, for other reasons. But that is the basic premise of this. Except I must say, you know, when you say it's kind of, you know, it's a bog standard, or industry standard romantic comedy, I actually think it's better than that. I think this film handles the comedy more elegantly you know than than almost any any recent romantic comedy i've seen you know it's warmer towards its characters mm. uh it likes them it kind of um you know the whole scene with that family who's rich but not too rich you know and the kind of classless yeah you know the, the the parents who do a, one who's an elvis you know fan and you know and the mother who's like really uh, uh, download all the comic things are done mm. so well and even the editing is done well and actually there's visual humor just the look of the brother who's like clearly a, a geeky nerd who's thinking mostly of sex or something you know there's something about you know, just the use of the facial features mm. you know that's intended to be funny and succeeds yeah, sure. oh, it definitely works I mean, it's, a, it's a really funny movie um, that, that, that scene in particular where you meet the, 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 the Gordy family um has a great bit about sort of dismantling Chinese stereotypes with Ken Yong, who's the the dad in the family, the Elvis yes. guy. Um, he, for one thing, you, you've you've met the mother already, and she is speaking in a in a kind of very what you'd expect, essentially kind of stereotypical sort of broken English Chinese, mm. very uh, kind of um, very strong Chinese accent mm. to her, which you haven't really heard in the rest of the film. This is one of the things, right? Accents are so important in this film, yes. where like the, the boyfriend speaks with a British accent, basically, it, it's it's that thing that. It's not exclusively British, but it's it's certainly particular, particularly British. Of within like five seconds of hearing someone speak in Britain, you you kind of have, have a picture of of where they background. come from and what class they are and where in the country they're from and maybe the kind of education they've had. That's like and that this film is full of it because the, the kind of younger generation, these people in their twenties and thirties, who've all had private British education private, yeah. private kind of British public schools in Singapore yes. and then gone off to Cambridge and things yes. they all speak with these British accents and then as you go back the generations the, the, they, they sound more and more of the East Asian accents mm. until you get you know so you, and then you get to the, to the grandmother who doesn't even speak in English mm. so in this in, in the in the Gordy family as we're calling them as I'm calling them you know the wife uh, has speaks no English and she's she's just Chinese and then the dad you kind of think he he doesn't speak that much English, but he speaks a bit, and he speaks in this broken English way. Mm. So the, the the girl's name is um, Rachel Chu, uh, and then he comes in, like basically making a really basic plan words, going Chu Chu Kachu, and then he <laughs> and then he goes, no, nah, no, nah, I'm just kidding with you. I went to you know I went to some American university, US, yeah. uh, and I speak perfect English, and so it dismantles that that idea of 
Chinese people not sp- or speaking very broken English. Yes. He plays on it directly. Yes. Which is a, an old kind of Hollywood trope. Yes. Dirty stereotype. Yes, the voices are important and the accents are important. On the other hand, it has a kind of discomforting, I think, kind of reassurance aspect of like, don't worry about it, I'm really white and American in a way. I say, I went to a good university in America, don't you worry about me. No, no, I didn't get that at all. Um, I mean, I really like um, the Rachel True character being seen as like a typical American, really. You know, so, I mean, she happens to be Asian, but a lot of the conflicts uh, in relation to the family, whether they'll accept her or not, uh, don't have to do much with her class and actually do have to to do very much with her being American, Mm. you know, and having other ways of being that are not acceptable to a family-orientated culture. Well, it's about having supposedly no connection with her heritage yes. or having lost it that's that's where the conflict between her and the mother comes from mm. um her, her mother talking the mother of the of the, the 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 posh family talking about how you don't you won't understand you'll never be one of us even yes. though you look at, and there's 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 talk of her being a banana yes. which is which is yellow on the outside and white on the inside um and but when the mother says you'll never be one of us she is also referring to class and culture and family and... Yeah. Yeah. It's... The film really reminded me. Have you seen A United Kingdom? No. It was a film with Rosamund Pike. Let me just uh, double check. Um, it was Rosamund Pike and uh, David Oyelowo. It's based on a true story. It's, it's the woman who marries the... It was the one where she marries like a, a, um, a king of an African country. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, uh, and I've then, heard and of it. it it's, I, I like that film. And, I, and, and this film is hugely sort of reminiscent of that film. It's, it's all about, um, you know, you, you'll never fit into our ways and having to learn a completely different culture and kind of know your place. And the idea of, of the, two, the two characters being very deeply in love and then everyone else... You know, not being okay with it and saying she's an outsider and she'll mm. never fit in this kind of thing. I mean, this film has a whole thing about they leave a fish in her bed like the Godfather. Yes. Well, it's a horse's head in the Godfather. Yes. <laughs> you know, and they write on the walls, um, uh, gold, digger. gold digging bitch. Yeah. And um, and there's there's a amongst the women in in this in this family and amongst their friends, there's a like an orchestrated effort to force her out. Yes. And so that's kind of clearly part of it. And there's there is this thing about Americanization where Americanization is kind of seen as the enemy, do you think? Um, no, I mean, I think the film, what the film does is actually it kind of, I think, performs an, ideo- an ideological operation where it actually reconciles America with the East, right? So basically what you have is like the, you know, the reintegration of this American back into the bosom of a Chinese family in Singapore, you know, so actually it, it has everything. It has the diasporic element, you know, it has like, it, it kind of, it brings all these cultures together as one happy family. Kind of, only through the, the, the kind of Nora Ephron happy ending that is plugged onto the end, which well, I think no, is actually no. feels very different to the rest of the film. Well, I think it, no, I think it's built into the very structure because, you know, there's the whole thing about the ring and the story about the mother's ring. The mother got her ring because you know, she wasn't allowed to have, you know, the mother, her mother-in-law's ring because they, they didn't approve of her marriage. So actually, kind of, you know, then you have the, the engagement, which is clearly like a new ring that's bought. And then you have kind of, 
at the end when she finally accepts, it's because it's the mother's ring that's been offered mm. to her. So that signifies acceptance. So actually, all those things are actually quite well knitted into the film, I think. It's kind of like a personal resolution to a cultural conflict, though. Like, uh, I, This is why I say I think I found the film kind of muddled in a way, because on the one hand, it speaks a lot about uh, about kind of Chinese identity and heritage and having lost that when you've moved away and, and how and how Rachel uh, is is um, not really Chinese. She looks Chinese, but she's not really. She won't ever really understand it. Um, and she's kind of lost that part of herself. Well, her um, mother tells her that. She says, you speak Chinese, but in your head and in your heart, you're not. Mm. Yeah, you're American. It, it feels like, although the film is talking about um, kind of specificity of Chinese identity a lot, th- because the story and the character roles and the functions are all Hollywood cinema, they're all American, like, the, the film doesn't feel... Chinese. In well, a it's, way. An Amer- it's an American film. So, but I think what's interesting, I, I want to go back to this idea of like a Chinese diaspora, because the film goes to great trouble to show us. So, you know, when you're when you're being shown the relatives of the family that she's going into, you know, one of them is making a movie in Taiwan, the other mm. one is doing business in Hong Kong, they live in Singapore, and the other, you know, the other relative is in Shanghai. Right. Mm. So kind of, you know, you have like all of these Chinese people from from America, from China, from Hong Kong, from Singapore, from Taiwan, you know, kind of all coming together Mm. at this wedding, which I think is a very interesting thing. Mm. You know, the film is not set in Shanghai or Hong Kong or yeah. Yeah. It's kind of it's set in Singapore, but with all of these people who are coming from elsewhere. And 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 it's interesting that the film goes to that trouble of telling you. Yeah, that kind of these Chinese people are everywhere, right? It is a diasporic kind of culture. And actually, even even before that, when they tell you the Yang family is really one of the oldest families, is you know, is because they came from China in the 17th century, you know, when this, you know, when they traveled all this way to get here, when this was just a jungle or something, or just mud in a jungle or something. So, mm-hmm. so this idea of movement, of you know, be, being cross countries of kind of, you know, is very much kind of part of what the film works with. There's something colonial about that line, which to me, the, the idea of the, the idea of moving here when it was all jungles, and 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 also when they get when you get to the outskirts of the, of the kind of palatial home, um, the the guards that greet them are South Asians wearing turbans. Yeah. Like there, there, there is actually, and and then you get the idea that which is reinforced throughout dialogue in the film of the family being like royalty. Yes. You know, and also having kind of upper class British accents. Yes. There is there is something sort of about about these guys are it's like it's like it's like a Wills and Kate type story, mm. you know, where she's the outsider and she's gonna be accepted into their way, which is again why it reminded me of United Kingdom. They're very very I mean that's quite openly about uh about a royal family and about accepting someone who isn't a royal. Um and this so obviously these they are not royal in this, but they talk a role and actually, when uh, in the wedding scene, when Rachel kind of fights back against the mother, um, she goes and sits next to a genuine princess. Right? That's, that's, mm. There's a kind of again like a, a one-upmanship of you know these guys are kind of royalty. Well, she's actually royalty, and going to sit next to her is a huge statement. Well, to me, kind of part of the film's faults really is that it is reeling with the with the one percent or the point zero zero one percent actually just you know, the very richest, like, billionaire, trillionaire class. Um, and it's completely uncritical of them. 
right? And I think so. I think just the, just the same way that when you look at the old nobility in Europe, you know, kind of they were exempt from taxes and you know they had kind of all these powers or these services. Well, actually, this class also can basically do anything it wants really mm. and you know part of the reason why i can do everything it wants is because it is not bounded by you know geography and nation states it can move its it can move its money and move along with its money you know across whole areas and i thought the film was a bit too uncritical of that it was just worshipful mm. of you know the money and the houses and the dresses and the jewels and you know, and I love that kind it's, of thing. Oh, it's hugely aspirational in that respect, and 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 the ending of the film is a Cinderella thing, really. I mean, actually, it reminded me of of, of Arthur as well. Uh-huh. You know, that idea of you know, I'll leave everything, my, I'll leave my entire family and and all my riches if it means I can have you, yes. the lower class person who you know who, who I love. And then at the end of Arthur, there's that thing about you know, well, I took the money, obviously. Yes. <laughs> and and this has a similar sort of thing where it's not it's not exactly I took the money, but it's the mother accepting them, so they get everything. In the yes. end, and, and you find it weird that you know this film's idea of poor people is an NYU tenured professor of economics. <laughs> so actually, you know, the yeah. servants are obviously a subspecies. Well, exactly. That's <laughs> why like that's cockroaches. Where think, that's why I think that kind of that kind of echo of colonialism comes in. But you're absolutely right. Like it's it's all relative, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean you're right, it, and it's not critical of that at all. And, that, and and that is something a little bit sort of. But let's focus more on what is really good with the film. So, you know, I think uh, Michelle Yeoh is fantastic. Yeah, she's the mother-in-law. And I think that could so easily have been, like, um, a coarse, made into a coarse character, or really stereotypical, the dragon mother-in-law. And I think, you know, she does quite marvelous things, really, because... You know, she's got this incredible regal bearing, you know, your first introduction to her in the kitchen, you know, as she's kind of preparing, uh, you know, supervising the servants, preparing the meal. Mm. I mean, it's kind of something just to look at her, you know. Um, And then I think she could so easily have been made into this evil witch, really. Uh, So I think think she handles what could have been a really terrible role with, with great grace and elegance and feeling, actually. Yeah, I agree. I think some of the characterization is pretty good. I think that there is a, there's a very clear delineation in the film between characters that are meant to be dramatic and characters that are meant to be funny. Yes. The only one that I think comes close to crossing that line really is um, the, the the best friend, the Aquafina character. Yes. Because um, she she has kind of in both camps. Everyone else is very very. They're either getting glass or they're getting kind of move yeah. <laughs> movement. Yes. Um, I found I, I did find her character a little bit uncomfortable. I think there's a kind of there's a kind of playing on blackness in her character that I disliked. Ah, like, like she's like she's like you kind of the, the funny black friend. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, the film has those things, though. I didn't mind it. It also has the funny gay, you yeah. know, comic relief. But actually, the film is the film. On the other hand, they were really funny. The, and, <laughs> and and the film is 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 sweet with those characters. I mean, I you get the sense that you know these characters are made lovable so on the one hand they're both a stereotype and a cliche and that's reductive but actually you know the film is kind of in love with them as, as well yeah you mm. kind of yeah kind makes... of, i guess the reason that i would pick up on the aquafina character as opposed to the gay cousin is that um she's not black that's the difference like whereas 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 he can be gay like he can be a stereotype and that's one thing but he 
but being gay is not something that's exclusive to I, any ethnicity. I, I don't know. I mean, I also you just also see a lot of people that way. I mean, black culture, and particularly black rap culture, has influenced the way that young people behave mm. everywhere. So, you know, I mean, and it's kind of it's part of this problem. Is it uh, you know, are you stealing from it, or you know, or is it just so influential that it's incorporated elsewhere? Um, I kind of I I really didn't have a problem with that. No, I mean, fair enough. I, I, mean, I mean, there's no more problem with that than somebody doing Elvis. <laughs> like, yeah. well, no, I mean, he's not doing Elvis. It, well, it's a joke that he's dressing up as Elvis. No, but he clearly loves Elvis, and he's behaving like that '50s rock and roll icon. I mean, you yeah, know. but that is but that is a joke on him. Whereas with the Aquafina character, it's not a joke on her that she's behaving the way she behaves. No, it's not a joke on her. The film is not making fun of her for being that way. Exactly, she just is but that it is way. making fun of the Ken Yong character for behaving the way he does. You know, he, that is a joke that he behaves like that. Well, that's potentially all the more offensive if you want to be offended. What do you mean? Well, because he's you know he's making a joke out of the Elvis character, which is a, a, a borrowing from another culture. He's not making it. No, the joke is on him for dressing in a silly way. I don't... I mean... When he comes in with his hair like that and, and in, in, in kind of, you know, that, that Vegas outfit, look, the, the joke point, is on The him. point I'm trying to make is that when you have a cultural borrowing yeah. like that from a white-dominant culture, nobody complains. And when you have it from kind of a black culture, it's, it's, been, it's, it's recently become an issue. I personally don't see a problem I with either the, of them. Well, I, I think the borrowing of, of kind of white culture... Is in this film is not the Elvis thing, which I think is a joke on him. I've been complaining about it all all throughout, which is that I think the film is too Hollywood and too white and too American, and actually it feels like it's not quote unquote Chinese enough. But it feels it's an like American it's... film. No, but I... why should it be a Chinese film? It's an American film because the film is insisting on on all this talk of having forgotten your roots and and what what really is a Chinese person and and, and how important is the heritage and all that kind of thing. The film is is bathed in the, all this talk and yet overall it basically feels like it's a story about white people well uh, actually I, I, I really I, I mean I understand what you're saying but I also disagree with it because actually I think part of the charm of the film is that it is treating these people as you know any kind of person that you'd expect to see in a, in a, in a Hollywood film and that's its triumph because actually you're, you never see Asian people as protagonists in an American film like this. And yet, you know, kind of there's uh, Asian Americans are a sector of the population like anything else. I agree. Right. And, so and this is and this is where I've been saying like, I, I do find the film confusing. And I'm not sure that and it's not it's not a, a fully formulated opinion, but it's one that I continue to think about. Remember, we saw Searching the other week and we both commented on how on, on how how great it was that this Asian-American family, the fact that they were Asian-American, had nothing to do with the story, nothing to do with the plot. They could have mm. been anybody. Mm. And we really, really liked that. Yes. Now, I think that, in a way, that that's, that's what this film is going for. But I think it's misguided to do so in this film because it is so about all of that, which it's kind of deliberately ignoring. Well, I mean, I'm not sure that it is deliberately ignoring it. So, you know, one could argue, for example, that right now... You know, there is uh, an, an, an international kind of upper class of, you know, the 1% that is international, that has all of these cities and all of these cultures in common. You know, um, there are kind of congregations, you know, so kind of a lot of it obviously happens in the Eastern Hemisphere. You know, as you say, if this film had been... What's, what's the film with... 
about the little princess with Julie Andrews and uh, Anne Hathaway. The Princess Diaries. The Princess Diaries. I mean, you know, this is kind of like a story like that, except all of the other one is centered on Europe, going from, you know, America to Europe, right? Mm. This one is kind of going from America to Asia. One of the characters happens to be Caucasian, the other American happens to be Asian. So, you know, I think in the sense that it's an archetypal kind of American romantic comedy, I agree. Yet the frames of reference become different. And that's one of the things that I find so interesting about the film, that they are. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, I, like, as I say, it's not a fully formulated opinion. I actually, although I don't sound like it, I really enjoyed it. Yes. So, like, it's although it's it's something that I I am finding all sorts of tension in thinking about it. It's not something that really it's not something that bothered me. It's not something that, that bothered me to the extent that I was distracted or not enjoying it. Do you yes. know what I mean? I think it's a film that has tensions. There. It does, and I think it's a film that raises issues. But I I also think that you know. Its success is one to celebrate. Mm. Uh, and also, I think the deftness with which the film is made is something to admire. You know, because I think there are, you know, the, the timing of the direction I think is superb. You know, it kind of it uses the cutting to make jokes, it makes kind of visual jokes. Some of the performers are just like absolutely charming. And actually, the ones you mentioned, mm. you know, kind of uh, uh, that uh, young girl who's rich but not rich enough. Uh, you know, she's... Okafina. She, yeah, she must be a wonderful comedian. I mean, she's just I think she's great. a rapper. Is she a rapper? Which goes... Which, <laughs> I think... Yeah. Well, I don't know who she is, but she's got great comic timing, you know. Yeah, she's um, very funny. And the parents have comic timings. And actually, there's fantastic comic timing throughout. There's that bit, you know, where the ants are criticizing, you know, the fiancé. And then, you know, this chubby one... Uh, ends up by saying, ooh, I love your outfit, mm. you know, in this kind of secret voice that the other ones don't hear. And it's very funny. Yeah. So actually to extract laughs like that, I, uh, you know, it, it's, is, it, it takes funny. skill. I think that's another example, though, in a way, of, like, of that kind of cheapness. Like I say, you've got the, like, the sassy black friend, and then in this, in this kind of gang of four sort of chatting wives, you've got the, the chubby, funny friend, <laughs> you know? So you've got the sassy black friend, who isn't black, uh, the gay... A cousin who is very flamboyant and very yes. fashion conscious and stuff. The the kind of the nerdy kid who keeps taking photos, but it's treated as not creepy. Uh, um, and and the the sort of chubby woman friend. Like these are all these kind of classic Hollywood stereotypes. Yes, but they're that very the film is just indulging handled, in. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, it's true. They are there and they're very well deployed. If if this were um, if this were about white people, we would be critical of all of those. I'm not sure that's true, you know. And I was prepared to look at it on those grounds. And I I I actually think that this film exhibits more skill in directing actors. In um, it has a warmth towards its characters. It kind of it can draw humor both, you know, from the dialogue and the performance, and also from things like cutting. You know, which actually most and you, you know, you've been one to point this out. Mm. Most American comedy sucks, and it <laughs> sucks because all it does is improvise dialogue. And actually, if the joke isn't funny from someone's mouth, it's there's nothing else going on. Mm. And actually, I think this has a lot going on. And what I particularly appreciate is actually the warmth towards its characters. I think that's a really good point um, the, the, about the warmth towards. I mean, I agree with that entirely. Mm. And and that warmth, I think, uh, compensates for a lot in a way. Uh, and it makes the film very likeable. The film is, is completely charming. It is. You know. D- although uh, I think at points, I don't feel dis- if you'll disagree with this. And I'm not and I'm not trying to be just, just picking faults. 
it feels like a TV movie at points, aesthetically. I think certainly the points where it's trying to be more dramatic and it plays kind of music underneath and it's about, you know, when, when they are nearly going to break up and things like this, it it, it starts to feel like a like a lifetime movie. Actually, well, really, like a soap opera almost. I mean, it, visually it could be better. There's no question about that. And there were, you know, some things that I just didn't like. Um, but... I, I think, for example, the music, you know, it, it's 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 very funny with it. So one of the things that it does is it takes all these hits from the fifties to the seventies, I suppose, you know, and it but it uses them campily. It kind of it it's these songs that you instantly recognize, but they're sung in I imagine it's Chinese, you know, it could be some other language for all I know, right? Yeah, but it kind of it plays on on that contrast between the type of music and the language in which you're hearing it, you know, and that becomes kind of like um, a characteristic of the film. It does that throughout, mm. right? And and it's often very witty. I think the, uh, the bit where they play Ride of the Valkyries as they go off to the bachelor party in helicopters to a boat in like the apocalypse now. uncharted water, international waters, it says. Yeah. It's, and, it's, and it's directly apocalypse now. Yeah, it's like it, the, it was the, great. The, that, was oh, great. That's, that was fucking great. I really enjoyed um, that. Made, but, I mean, the film made me laugh out loud. A lot. Yeah, it's yeah, very funny. Really enjoyed it. It's very funny. Yeah. It's very charming. Uh, is it Rachel Chu? Rachel Chu is the character. The actress is Constance Wu. Constance Wu is, you know, I think Constance Wu and Michelle Yeoh are fantastic. I think the leading man is okay. Is okay. He's, he's service. He's, he does the job. <laughs> he's um. <laughs> let me just get some information. He's very handsome. I'm sure I've seen him before. Henry Golding. He's Malaysian. Uh, he's been a presenter on the travel show on the BBC. Okay. So that's, well, that's quite a jump. He's very handsome and very bland. Uh, you know, so he doesn't add anything, and but he doesn't take anything away. No. So, I mean... Um, I think it's definitely worth seeing, despite all of the kind of criticisms that I have uh, and the, the, the kind of the weird tensions between what it's trying to be and what it should be or, or all this sort of stuff. Um, it's really, really worth seeing. It's very funny, it's very charming, it moved me, and I think all the things that we've mentioned about, you know, the class thing and so on, there are things that if you really think them through, you know, there are things to criticize, you know. But actually, I don't want to let those those criticisms get in the way of welcoming something that I feel is kind of like a landmark film. You know, I have never, I don't remember ever seeing you know, an American studio film, like you said, where actually Asian people are really, from up to down, treated just as ordinary people in a genre film. Yeah, and you know, and many of them just meant to represent, particularly the heroine, meant to represent a kind of a typical American. Mm. You know, she says, I'm an immigrant, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's, 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 she is standing in for an archetypal American. I can't remember the last time I saw that you know, with yeah. with an Asian uh, character. Yeah, and and like I so said, I think that's that in a weird way is, is where that central tension for me comes from because like it's I think it's clearly part of the project of the film, and in a weird way it feels just completely wrong headed for it because it should be about that. Well, yeah. but why you know? But uh, no, I can't. Well, let's think about this because why should it be about that? Because that's all it's talking about. It's talking about that all the time, and yet it's kind of trying no. to just. Ignore it at the same time. Well, that's what I mean. I mean, kind of, you know, all of all of 
but there's a difference between kind of talking about a clash and kind of and making the issue about making the film about race which I'm very glad actually that the film doesn't do you know except for that bit at the beginning that I didn't like right so you know kind of these tensions of two worlds I mean there's also what what's that film with Reese Witherspoon something Alabama which Sweet is, Home Alabama yeah Sweet Home Alabama it has kind of the same dynamics mm. really you know, so that's just a trope in a romantic comedy film. And, you know, so I'm glad that it used the trope, but actually that it didn't kind of make race the issue of the film. Well, I'm not going to go on about it any further because I feel I've made myself clear, even you though have. we disagree. Yes. <laughs> there, was one thing, there was one thing that the... Uh, this is a side note, really, but there's one thing that the um, character of Rachel made me think about, which was that this idea that she is kind of Chinese but not Chinese. Yes. Um, there's something about... Uh, America's insistence on on America be, you, American being your nationality like combined with whatever else might be American Chinese or American Italian or American Irish or whatever that it kind of it kind of that kind of robs you of your heritage and I think in a way that's like I disagree I think in a way that's, <laughs> that's why that's why Irish Americans in particular are so declarative about being Irish American uh, because deep down they know they're not people Irish. People criticize the Irish American thing and and rightfully so in many ways. But actually what I love about America is exactly what you what you're not liking. You know that somebody you see this in early Hollywood films. Somebody emigrates and then like 5 years later nobody questions that they are American and you know they can be speaking with a Jewish Polish accent as thick as mud, you know, and nobody criticizes their right to be there. I love that about America. Yeah, that's not what I'm criticizing. One criticizing is the declarative nature of saying I'm Irish when you're not. You're Irish American, and that's what they do all the time. And they and they they claim. They cl- I mean, put it another way: people will claim Italian heritage and they will claim Irish heritage if they're American, but they'll never claim English heritage, despite the fact that so many of them have to be descended from that's English not people. True. I mean, of course it is. No people. How is often, that, how is how is English American a stereotype like Irish American? People, it's not. People often say, you know, um, of Scotch German origin or something as a, as a you know as a way of situating themselves, but also of upping themselves, yeah? yeah? Like, you know, so their Scotch-German has a higher status than, let's say, Jewish-Italian, mm-hmm. right? So, so actually, I think those, those things English. are... English, I'm talking about English specifically. Well, English as well. No, they don't. No, yes, they, they don't. say people will say, I'm English-German. You know, I was reading... I was, well, yes, I was uh, reading... Not American. Americans will not say they come from English stock, or whatever it is. Well, they, It's not something they ever want the, to claim. No, I mean, the thing about the, the Irish thing is the parade, and it has a different resonance and a different romance, you know, and particularly if, you're, you, know, if you want to drink. But actually, I think, you know, that thing of origin is kind of... And actually, it's not just been a psychological thing that you want to identify with this, because obviously it's a choice, right? Because... You know, as soon as you go back two generations, you have eight eight lines or you know or more to go back through. <laughs> so you're choosing which one you know to define you. Yep. Um, uh, so um, I forget what I was going to say. That's because you're edging towards agreement with me. <laughs> <laughs> Heaven forbid. <laughs> right. Should we should we call it a day? Then? Let's call it a day. Um, yeah, we're seeing. Yes. Despite all of that. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a charming film, definitely directed. It's kind of, you know, very wittily done uh, and it's touching. So, you know, don't go in there expect, expecting the, sem- the second coming of, you know, the mm. world's best romantic comedy, but it's a very, very entertaining uh, one. I think something worth saying about it is that it's, 
it has impossible expectations on it, I think. Yes. Um, we were talking a little while ago about gay cinema and how, how great it is that gay cinema, you particularly were saying, that how great it is that gay cinema has got to a point where there are so many movies coming out about gay life mm. that it no longer has to be monolithic. Oh, yeah. that, that each of these films doesn't have to try and talk about the whole thing. Yeah. It can talk about one aspect or another aspect or some part of the history or whatever it might be. That's and, a really good point. And this film is not at that stage. And, and that's... It's, it's no fault of its own. Yes. So either it tries to do everything or it tries to do only one thing and either way it's going to get criticism right. and it's just not its own fault. So, you know, this, this film, because of its rarity of not uniqueness, uh, is carrying, you know, a burden of representation that kind of no film could carry. Yeah. Right? So, you know, um, it's, 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 uh, it's, a, it's a very good, deft, funny, touching kind of, you know, romantic comedy. It's not a masterpiece, but you'll have a really good time. Yeah, lovely. Ta-da. Uh, we are on... Oop. <laughs> I was heading for my soup. Uh, uh, so this is eavesdropping at the movies. Thank you for listening. We are on uh, Twitter, SoundCloud, Facebook, WordPress, YouTube, and... iTunes. iTunes. Yeah, uh, eavesdropping at the movies. Uh, give us a like uh, or a share or, you know, tell your mates. <laughs> you know? Why not? Why not tell your mates? <laughs> 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 Goodbye. <laughs>